Welcome to Skills for Life, a podcast about high-demand jobs that are shaping future opportunities. This show is brought to you by the North Shore Schools Foundation. I'm Kira Dorian, your host and a North Shore mom. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Kira, and welcome to Skills for Life. I wanted you to know that this conversation with Julie Bacon and Kelly Reed was so comprehensive that we actually decided to split it into two parts, and this is part two. Be sure to catch part one to hear the first half of the conversation. Today, we have got a very special show for you. We're actually recording this episode in a fantastic space. Normally, I'm in my tiny home studio, and my guests are in their offices or their homes. But today, we are at North Star Studios in Bothell, Washington, and I want to give a huge shout-out to our producers today at Element 7 Productions. So when we started the show, we did it so that our students and our parents could get inspired by all the incredible career opportunities out there. But something kind of magical has happened along the way. And if you're a fan of the show, you know that pretty much every guest, no matter their profession, has mentioned the importance of communication and people skills. So we decided we should probably take a deeper dive into how our students can develop these skills and present these skills in a way that makes them both desirable and hireable. And usually I interview one guest at a time, but for today's episode, I am so excited to have two brilliant minds sharing their thoughts. So allow me to introduce my guests. Today we have Julie Bacon, who is a serial entrepreneur and business owner and currently the president of JB Consulting Systems and Bacon Building and Maintenance. And we also have Kelly Reed, who is the chief of people operations for Freefly Systems, which is a drones and robotics company. How cool is that? And talent acquisition veteran with more than 30 years of experience in multiple global markets. Ladies, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks. So we've talked about all these different wonderful ways that we communicate, good communication skills, what those look like. Let's now get real about we have teens that are texting on social media, emoji using. Is that a word? I don't even know. Like using emojis. So how do we embrace the reality of the technology and the way the world is that they are growing up in and still give them these tools? What should parents be doing? Are there tools and techniques that they can be implementing in their home that maybe they haven't thought of that are going to build some of these skills? Yeah. Have them perfect that. They're texting. They're going to be using an intranet when they get wherever they're going. And so that's an internal communication system like an internet, but it's within the people in the Mm -hmm. company. You don't need a paragraph to share your idea with a coworker. They're busy. You're busy. Here's the information. Three words. Have them perfect it. Yeah. They don't have to get rid of it. We live in that Twitter kind of sound bites, but that's actually not a bad thing. Sometimes people put too many words into something. So most of our internal communications, people get right down to the lines of just give me six or seven words or give me a couple sentences. I think that's a great idea. I think they're going to use it anyway, so they might as well get good at it. And bullet points, bullet points, bullet points. Nobody wants a paragraph. Mm. Right. Here's what you need to pay attention to. One, two, three, that's it. Next, don't yes. go on and on and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. And, and keep one, one topic where yeah. you're t- don't switch the topic all of a sudden mm. or don't I like to get one uh, so this is the issue that we're dealing with right now and instead of a, and then we're doing this and then we have this issue and then like, just give me one issue I can respond quickly to that say whether I like it or not okay and what else can students be doing to develop these very necessary communication skills 
Practice. It starts with something as simple as the handshake with mm-hmm. eye contact. Yes. Go up to their parents, make sure the hand connects when they're sticking it out there and they're looking them in the eye and they have yes. confidence and they're smiling. Practice. Those things yes. matter. People pay attention. Mm-hmm. Yes. And in the written word, the same thing. Write several things. Write letters to your family. Ask them to look at them or your friends or whatever. Practice, 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 practice. Mm-hmm. And use everything that's online. It's been done before. There's a thousand, thousand ways to get information that you need. It's already out there. Now, do some mock interviews, especially yeah. for that shy person. I have interviewed people who just have a hard time looking you in the eye. I have learned that that shouldn't be something we automatically knock someone out for because it's just a different type of communication. And so if you are that shy person, though, people will expect certain things from you when you go into that interview. So you have to practice more than than somebody else who's very outgoing. But that's not a bad thing because when I hear someone that's quieter or they're introverted, they're great thinkers. And so I try to give them the opportunity to think and then say what they have to say. So I think practicing and then resume, have someone look at your resume. You know, make sure someone is spell checking that and that you are this error free because we see a lot of resumes that are catastrophes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 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 they're all on social media. So that was the other thing I was just thinking of. A lot of employers look at your social media. I would say absolutely beef up your LinkedIn if you're going to go corporate. So they're going to start now, I guess, as sophomore, they're looking at college. College, they're going to be looking second or third year at different employers. The first thing most recruiters do is verify that person on LinkedIn. Mm, So they should absolutely beef up their LinkedIn. Wow, good to know. I should probably beef up my LinkedIn too. So, okay, so practice, practice, practice. Mm -hmm. What if you don't have support at home and you are like, I don't even know where to find a resume. How do I make a resume? (laughs) How long should my resume be? I have nothing to put on my resume. (laughs) You know, a lot of kids overlook things that don't have to do with corporations or big companies. Maybe they were a, a camp counselor. Maybe they put together a program for their church. Maybe they did something else that required initiative, leadership, technical skills, whatever they have. Maybe they do something at their school with the studio behind the theater. Who knows? That counts. We look at that. Well, I don't hire at that level anymore, but if they were, we look at that. It's important. And it's not what you did or for whom you did it, but the skill sets that you built doing it. Mm. That's what counts on a resume. And how do you highlight that on a resume? I feel like most students have no idea how to highlight that on a resume. I would break it down by ability. And then use words that indicate some sort of power or strength or um, I accomplished, I designed, I created, I whatever. And go back to those things that have nothing to do with work and that are maybe part of your passion. In our case, we have kids who are all about RCs, which is radio controlled anything, planes, helicopters, cars. The electromechanical needed for that translates beautifully to what we're doing for drones. So tell us about that. Mm -hmm. Did you build a Chevy in your dad's garage? Tell us about that. Put it down. What technical skills did you use? What tools did you use? All of that can go on a resume. Mm. That counts. Yeah, and if you were a camp counselor, you could put that down as a job. Even if it was a volunteer position, it still is. It shows that you were able to 
to lead. You were able to stay patient a lot of times. Well, hopefully, anyway. <laughs> but if you were one of those people that could stay patient with a whole bunch of kids, then you should definitely say that in a, in a way that, that will translate into a resume. But I see a lot of resumes, especially, well, I don't see them anymore, but I see I, in, in talking about resumes, when you don't have as much experience, then you talk about those things. You don't have any a lot of jobs to list. So talk about, like she said, the behavioral. I have, you know, if you say you have good communication skills, then you better show how you have good communication skills or tenacity or planning. So and it could be you had a science fair project and this is what you had to do, depending on what industry you were trying to get into or a job you're trying to get, that could show planning and thoughtfulness, and that you were able to follow a scientific process. Mm. A lot of kids don't think about that as, well, who's going to look at that? But we, but, but we do. Yeah. We also look at stories. Tell us a story. Um, one candidate had been present when a car went off the road into a lake, and he saved the person in that car. I don't remember what else his resume said, but I remember that story, and we ended up hiring him. Mm-hmm. What initiative that shows. Tell a story. Yeah. You know, my, my family travels cross-country by car every summer, and we visited the following parks, and we discovered this archaeology dig, and I got fascinated by this science, and whatever. Mm. Tell a story. If you don't have experience, you can still share what your passions are. I really love that what I'm hearing through this conversation is so much about people showing up as a whole human and presenting themselves as a whole complete person, not just, you know, I slot into this role in this way at this company, but I'm this whole person that's coming to the table. And I think that is something that I don't even know that I knew that that was something that matters. You know, I think we're conditioned to fit in boxes a lot. And I really like hearing that. Well, the other thing, I I worked for Amazon for almost five years. I put together their robotics and drones program. So lots of that fun stuff. We would see 700 to 1,000 applicants per role. We don't remember anything. But the stories stick. The solutions stick. Did you solve a problem? that seemed challenging to others as well? How did you do that? That's the one we look at. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious if you have other thoughts. We're talking about these ways that students can showcase their communication skills, the ways that they can develop and build their communication skills. Other thoughts, things that we haven't talked about that you feel are really important for them to hear today? I want to dial back to the very beginning when we're talking about resumes. And we're talking about the beginning because I think that's where a lot of them are going to be. They've never worked before. They've never been out there themselves. So I want to encourage them to trust the policies that are put forth, you know, follow directions, et cetera, but also trust their own character. You're going to be fine. Mm. Get out there and be yourself. Not necessarily do as you're told, but but do what you need to. Mm-hmm. I think that sometimes going outside the box, as we learn as grown-ups, is important and helpful. But in the beginning, be yourself, do what you can, follow the rules to the extent possible. Mm-hmm. That's simple. Yeah. And I think there really is a lot that goes into the details that people look at right now. You see a lot of people, but making sure these are just simple, like, let's make sure your email address is appropriate. (laughs) You know, (laughs) the more professional, the better. Mm -hmm. And then also, when you answer a call, let's say somebody calls you to schedule an interview, if you are in a really noisy area, just it's it's sometimes it's just those little things. If you're in a noisy area, either don't answer the phone or say, "Can I call you right back? I'm checking out, but I don't want to miss your like maybe you're at the store and mm-hmm. checking out. Don't sit there and try to do, check out and try to talk to this person. So those are small things, but really, when you're really starting out, 
The details matter, even if they're small. Those details set you apart. And then I would also say, businesses, it's a business. We have to make decisions. And at some point, we're only going to pick one person for a job. Not always, but sometimes we have, we're hiring for more. But in general, we're one person. So it's very difficult in the beginning to not feel completely rejected. But know that rejection, just, it's, it just happens. Somebody has to be picked. And it may not be you. But turn that into a positive. What did you learn from it? You can also ask them, is there something I could have done differently? Or would you recommend me? Some, Especially in the beginning, people are willing to talk to you if you want to contact them. Can you give me any information on something I could have done differently? Or could you tell me why I didn't get it? Like, is there something in my skill set that I missed and that I could work on? Yeah. And not everybody will answer that question. But some, a lot of recruiters especially will, will give some coaching and say, you know, you did this and or that set you apart. Or, you know, we just picked somebody that had, we needed somebody that's a higher level of experience than you did, but you were really strong in, in this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. So don't be afraid to ask and then don't let that totally keep you from applying for the next job because it's kind of a numbers game at times. Right. And it's just feedback to help you grow, yes. right? We're all constantly growing. Yes. I was saying and that learning. to my daughter just tonight, yep. like we're all growing every moment. <laughs> every moment. <laughs> we can always learn. And I always, that's always my attitude. What did I learn from that? Yeah. Try to schedule things instead of the random calls too, because those are disruptive and often ineffective. And I always tell people, did we have a scheduled call? Otherwise, let's talk at one o'clock on Wednesday or whatever. But I'm on the other side of this. So that's a consideration. But when they're starting out, I would say those calls can make or break them. And they should give it every 100% chance that they can. And, and listen carefully, answer the questions thoroughly, and, and not be too nervous. I've had to call people on the carpet for going off on a tangent. I say, Bill, Bill, okay, we were talking about X, Y, Z and get them back where we started. But they're nervous and, and some consideration for that is needed. Not every recruiter, not every hiring manager is going to give them that benefit of the doubt. Okay. And so to the best of their ability, listen to the question, answer the question, go on. It's almost like being in court. Just say what you were asked and move on. And don't share personal details. Do not share personal details. <laughs> no. It's actually illegal to ask a lot of those. So if they've been asked, right. they should take yes. note of that and maybe not choose that employer. Yeah, right. it's not legal to ask. And we, a lot of times we don't, but just by, well, some people don't have good interviewing skills either. And they'll God ask forbid. questions they're not supposed to say. But but try not to share those personal details. You want to really keep it to the job. Mm. Absolutely. Business only. Once you work there, let your personality shine. You can talk about whatever's meaningful. Make a friend, whatever you can on the work site. But in the beginning, don't. Mm. Absolutely don't. Yeah, I've had all kinds of... Usually we just ask a question like, walk me through your resume. But a lot of employers will ask questions like, tell me about yourself. And it's amazing what what answers I've gotten. Well, I was just recently divorced and I had this and... uh, Or I just got kicked out of school and I'm... That's not. That's a personal detail that is not necessary for the conversation. And, and <laughs> another <helpful>. caveat <laughs> is: do not badmouth a former employer yes. or coworker, even absolutely. if they deserve it. Don't do it. No. Yeah, it only mm-hmm. looks bad on you. Yeah, it, it absolutely yeah. does. One of you mentioned mock interviewing, and I just want to sort of like pipe in and say one of the things that we do a lot with our kids is rehearsing. Yeah. I have a theater background, mm-hmm. like. 
actors rehearse for a reason, right? You're right. more likely to give a great performance if you rehearse. And rehearsing communication skills beyond even mock interviews. We rehearsed how to answer the phone. We rehearsed on Halloween when they were little. We used to rehearse like they're going to you're going to say trick or treat and they're going to give you candy and you're going to say <laughs> happy Halloween. Thank you, right? Yes. And not to underestimate the power of just giving our kids an opportunity to flub so that they don't flub when they're out there really having to do the thing. So whether that's yes. a mock interview or answering a phone or sending a, an email or whatever it is. Like manners that. make a difference. Oh, manners. The please, thank the you. thank you. Absolutely. If somebody asks if you want water, you, you don't just say, shake your head or say, no. You say, no, thank you. Yeah. Or yes, I'd love some. Thank you. Yeah. And in writing. Put yes, that in writing absolutely. as well. Really appreciate. Thank you for the opportunity, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. Yeah. So any thoughts on do's and don'ts before an interview, things that candidates should avoid doing or make sure that they do? Don't show a lot of skin if you're getting dressed for an interview. Don't wear things you'd use to clean the garage. We work in a warehouse and production setting, and they still wear slacks and a button-down shirt for an interview because they're applying for a job. They want to be seen as a professional, even though the first day they're there, it's going to be jeans and a t-shirt sometimes. Mm -hmm. We still want to see them show up as professionals. Right. Research the company yeah. you're applying oh, yes. to. Oh, thank know you. Know about them before you walk in the door. And have a question. A good have one. A, Maybe five. Yes. Yeah. That, yeah, that was whenever I am done with an area, I so, okay, so we've talked about a lot, but do you have any questions for me? Nope. You well, answered we don't hire everything. those people. The minute they say no, next. You have to. Seriously. So you, there's, I don't care. There's some question you can ask. And we all want you to. And it could be the difference between you and another candidate and the questions, not even not even necessarily the question that is asked. I mean, unless it's a silly question, but it shows that you did your research. I used to always go and research my whatever potential employer I'd go on their website. I'd, Absolutely. I'd, Do a deep dive. I mean, you have all this information at mm-hmm. your fingertips. And I would find like press releases and that they just got certain funding. And, and so I would ask that question. I noticed that this article said you had this funding. How did that work out for you? And, and what are you doing with it? And if they can't ask anything that specific, ask the generic ones, yes. but they still matter. What skill sets are you looking for in this job that we haven't talked about? Mm-hmm. How can I contribute right away? What are the hurdles? What are the hardships for this particular mm-hmm. role? What are the goals for the team? They can be generic, but there's still going to be something. You have to ask something. Or what is an, if, if they haven't answered it, what does an average day look like in this job? Mm-hmm. What's the, yeah, the nine to five, usually... Yeah. Usually the basics will do at this at this level. Don't ask how much money. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, compensation comes then, up but later. later yeah, when yeah, they're in the higher level one. roles, right. you have those conversations. Yeah. At this level, it should be posted somewhere. They know yeah. going in what well, it's Well, yeah, now be. we have to post it. So. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It changed in January. Yes. All right, I have one last question for okay. you. It's not on our list. Oh. I'm going to go rogue. Are you ready? <laughs> We're ready. <laughs> but I ask all my guests this question. And that is, if you could look your 18-year-old self in the face, what advice would you have for her? What advice do you have for our students? Just general, broad, doesn't have to be communication-focused. If you could tell yourself that one thing, that gosh, I wish I could go back and tell myself that, what would it be? Don't be afraid. Ask for help. And buy the right stock. <laughs> <laughs> That is maybe my favorite answer ever. <laughs> Julie? <laughs> I don't know if I have anything to top that one, so I'm just going to say what I said. I think mine would have everything to do with confidence. And 
not being afraid to do something that seems like it's outside of your comfort zone. Because I have found every time I pushed myself to do something that didn't feel comfortable, it almost always was better than what I expected it to be. So if it's a job that doesn't, it seems a little bit of a stretch for you, but you you can do it, then go ahead and apply for it. It doesn't hurt to put that out there. And then even if it's not the perfect fit or you you don't have the right skills for it, you've done it. And have that confidence. Just keep pushing yourself to get to that. Eventually, you'll get the skills that you need. But if you don't ask and you don't have that confidence to just keep pushing forward, it'll take you a while to get where you need to go. Mm, it's the willingness to grow. The, yes. the willingness to feel uncomfortable and mm-hmm. those uncomfortable growing pains, right? They hurt for a reason. Hey, and it's not even, I don't like to be uncomfortable no, now. So, gosh, no, me so, neither. Uh, it's, a, it's a constant growing mm-hmm. uh, concern for me too. So there's some little things that just don't matter in the long run. Yeah. No, they don't. Thank you so much for You're this welcome. amazing conversation. I enjoyed You're it welcome. so much. I learned stuff, and that's pretty cool in your 40s to be like, <laughs> hey, I learned a whole bunch of stuff today. Um, no, it was so delightful, and I appreciate all of the knowledge and expertise that our students and their parents can learn from and just help empower our students to go out into the workplace in a really positive and successful way. So thank you so much for being here today. You're welcome. It was delightful. Thank You're you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having us. We hope you'll join us again, and remember to hit subscribe to be notified about upcoming episodes. Join the conversation on our Facebook page, Build Skills for Life. That's Build Skills, the number four, and then the word life. Are you interested in advertising as a sponsor for this podcast? Contact us at podcast at nsdfoundation.org. To learn more about the North Shore Schools Foundation, visit us at northshoreschoolsfoundation.org. Thanks for listening.